well, as we come to look at God's word now, let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you. We thank you for this wonderful Pentecostal Sunday. And we just pray as we open ourselves, open our lives to your word, you would speak. You would speak plainly to us, Lord, to our hearts and to our minds. And Father, may we welcome your Holy Spirit into our lives in a new way. And that we may know his empowering, his refreshment, his uh, um, re-energizing um, in our lives for your glory's sake. Amen. Well, it's been quite a weekend, hasn't it? Um, especially with the, the Queen's Platinum um, Jubilee and an amazing 70 years um, of being Queen. Quite a, an accolade, an amazing achievement, isn't it? I wonder if you've ever met the Queen. Anybody? Somebody at the back did. Oh, no, that's Nic Nicola. Nicola doing some exercises. Uh, I thought, yeah. Um, but, or maybe you've seen her uh, at some function at a distance, but not the chance to actually speak to her or shake her by the hand. Um, now, the closest I got whoops, of meeting the Queen was... Um, was at a special um, event um, in April 2013 uh, when my mother um, received an MBA, an MBE, sorry, not an MBA, an MBE um, at, uh, at Windsor Castle. And there, there the Queen was um, giving her that. And uh, um, you might just be able to see a beefeater right against the wall there. Um, that was me. No, so, no, no, it wasn't. No, it would have been good if it was, wouldn't it? But I was in the, I was in the, uh, with the plebs in the audience. But it was still lovely to be there with Jane and, and my sister. Um, and afterwards, I said to my mum, who's sadly no longer with us, um, I said, "What was it like? You know, um, you know, the Queen talking to you and you talking to her." And she said. It was like meeting an old friend. Interesting, isn't it? They were of very similar age. I think at that time, my mother was in her late eight, 80s, getting close to her 90s, and, and that was virtually the same age as the Queen. Like meeting an old friend. They'd both been through the same sort of experiences. They'd both been there during the war. They'd experienced all the various... Um, um, occurrences then and they were there experiencing the same things post-war as well and that was the amazing thing I think we felt um, with my, what my mother was saying that somehow the Queen had that amazing gift of making people very special and also just focusing and um, really um, directing her attention uh, I think if I'd been there, I'd be sort of looking now, right, okay, thank you, um, lovely. Ooh, who's next? Um, are they coming? Are they here? But no, it was all focus on those getting the awards. So that was um, an amazing thing. It's not easy to put into words, is it, <coughs> special events like that. We have a photograph, um, which is very helpful, very good to have. 
but you cannot sort of um, <clears throat> pick up on the, on the atmosphere, the feelings of those both receiving the, the medals, the awards, or those um, supporting them. It's like when we experience something different, like eating crocodile. Um, what does crocodile taste, you might say? Well, like chicken is the usual answer, isn't it? But it's sometimes difficult to explain things without experiencing them directly. And in our reading this morning from Acts 2, Luke, Luke had this um, challenge to try and, and describe the events that happened at Pentecost when the Spirit, as we read in Acts 2, came down onto the disciples in great power. And uh, how could he describe this? And so we've got things like, it was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, which came from heaven and filled the whole house. Again, we've got some ideas what that might be like. Um, and then he said, uh, and they saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of the disciples. And so Luke used these words, wind and fire, words which we find used frequently in the Old Testament, relating to God's spirit, the power of his spirit. And it was something that the people then would have understood much more perhaps than we do today. And we know too that other words are used in the Bible to, to um, describe this invisible force. There's breath. There are springs and rivers of water. These are often used, aren't they, to um, depict the refreshment, the life-giving nature of the Holy Spirit. And so too is, the, is oil. And uh, you know it in the Old Testament particularly, the anointing of oil was used when kings um, were appointed. And uh, the anointing with, with oil was then being consecrated, set apart for a special um, function. And it was also a sign of God's Holy Spirit coming upon them, giving them strength and wisdom to rule their people. Uh, I don't know if anybody was at the Queen's coronation in 1953? Anybody? Oh, yes, some handed. Beryl did. Excellent. You're not that old, surely. Um, anyway, um, if you look at the coronation service, and it's really interesting, because it goes back and refers to Zadok the priest and Samuel the prophet, and their anointing Solomon as king. And as part of the... Um, coronation prayer, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury um, uses these words, strengthen her, the Queen that is, O Lord, with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, confirm and establish her with thy true, thy free and princely spirit, the spirit of wisdom and government, the spirit of counsel and ghostly strength, the spirit of knowledge and true godliness, and fill her, O Lord, with the spirit of thy holy fear, now and forever. It's absolutely right through the coronation um, service and everything that how important God's Holy Spirit is. And it's something that has been very central to 
the Queen's life. And so we have this picture of the Holy Spirit giving um, strength and wisdom and counsel and wisdom and so many things. As we saw in the video, video um, the life-giving Spirit of God is sometimes called the breath of God. And the Hebrew word is... Yes, rak. Not very bad pronunciation. Anyway, again, see, see David Cole afterwards. He'll tell you how to pronounce it. He's our linguistic expert. Um, and so we have this uh, wonderful, if you like, look back really of, of how the Holy Spirit sort of started and how he functioned. And we see the wonderful time at creation where everything was empty, lifeless, dark. And there we have the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters there at the beginning there at the creation of life and there he is in Exodus 14 where the waters of the Red Sea are, are parted to allow the, um, the Israelites to escape from, from Egypt he is mysterious and unpredictable and as Jesus explained to Nicodemus in John 3 the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. The Holy Spirit is indeed a mystery. He's a life-giving spirit, breathing life into what is lifeless. And you no doubt may know the, that wonderful story in Ezekiel 37, the dry bones. And the prophet Ezekiel comes across this valley and it's full of dry, lifeless bones. And God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And of course we'd all say, no way. Ezekiel's a little bit more crafty and says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And as the story develops, God gets Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones and miraculously they come together tendons and flesh appear and skin covers them although the bodies are complete physically they have no breath in them they are like mannequins lifeless mannequins in a shop window and so God gets Ezekiel to prophesy to the breath to enter them and as we know from the story, so those lifeless bodies reconnect, come to life. And there before Ezekiel is his vast army. God's breath does indeed bring life. And it's in this chapter of Ezekiel that, that God promises that his spirit will come to all. It will be something that everyone who turns to God can experience. The Bible indeed tells us that without God we are spiritually dead. We are in a sense like lifeless mannequins, although we can move. But if we do not have God's spirit within us, then we are dead spiritually, which is quite stark, isn't it? As Christians, when we receive God into our lives... 
we receive his Holy Spirit, just as Jesus breathed on the, uh, on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so it is with us when we open our lives to Jesus, when we first decide to follow him, we receive the Holy Spirit. It may not be a very, um, an amazing event. It may be something very still, very gentle. On the other hand, it might be something very um, um, dramatic, something that we can never forget. And so at Pentecost, it's a time to look again at God's Holy Spirit. Um, not something we remember once a year, but hopefully it's something that we do day by day, to be open to the wind of his spirit, to be open to God's breath. Recently, Jane and I went down to Exmouth, and um, we had some really nice few days down there. And one of the things that I love about the sea is, is the fresh air and, and the wind. And um, there's something, isn't there, um, sort of life refreshing and um, life enhancing when you breathe in the sea air. It blows away the cobwebs, as my mum used to say. Yes, I want to get outside. I want to just get all the cobwebs blown out. This wasn't literally, but uh, it was the way she described it. Um, David Watson, in his book, One in the Spirit, um, describes how receiving the Spirit is like opening the window of our lives and letting the wind blow through the house and blowing all things, all things perhaps that we've organised and arranged in a certain way, they all get blown around, blown onto the floor. And we can easily have such an ordered and controlled life. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's when the Holy Spirit wants to do new things in our lives, are we too restrictive? Are we too rigid? Are we not um, flexible enough to do the new things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives for us to take risks to step out, step out in faith, to start some new work we believe God is calling us. We need to be open to what God is leading us to. There are many um, references in the Bible where it speaks of God's winnowing fork or people winnow winnowing the harvest. And as you can see there, they're throwing up this great big pile of, of, of grain into the air, that's not for birds to catch or anything like that, it's to get rid of all the bits that get into the, into the cereal. The wind, if you like, blows away what they call the, the chaff, all the bits and bits, bits and pieces you don't really want. And we can see this way how the Holy Spirit can be a, a sort of cleansing agent, making us clean for those things that spoil our lives as Christians. And I wonder what areas of our life need the cobwebs clearing and the chaff blown away. And maybe as life gets back to normal, well, as normal as it can be after the, the worst of COVID is, is now um, over, our lives no doubt have, um, might need some reordering. reordering. We've, some of our routines 
um, have changed. Maybe we've got out of practice of our regular time of prayer. Maybe we've got distracted by so many things we can't focus on reading a book or a Christian book or just focusing on worship. We need some renewal, some reordering. And so this comes to the importance, if you like, of each day recommitting our life to Christ. And, um, and in this sense, um, Paul is very helpful in, in this way, Ephesians 5. And he says, he, gets us, he wants us to be filled with the Spirit. And uh, the, the, the version I've got up there is from the message, which is quite an interesting translation. It says, don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God, the Father, in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. So there we have it. It is the, um, the filling of the Holy Spirit isn't a one-off event. It's something that we should be wanting and open to receive daily whenever we are in God's presence. Another aspect that one can see with the Holy Spirit is the way that the Holy Spirit can mould our lives. And um, you may have seen some of these amazing pictures uh, and scenes where the wind, the, no doubt there's been a bit of river action as well, but the wind has been able to carve out and um, blow and smooth out the rocks um, and they bring out the most beautiful colours, don't they? Isn't that amazing? And in a sense, when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, he can have that shaping, that moulding, if you like, in our lives that even though, may have, even though we may have faced lots of very difficult times, there's something in us that's been shaped, that's been moulded, that gives glory to God. Um, we may feel very weak, and yet somehow, in some ways, the Holy Spirit can just shape us and mould us into something very special. We have no idea, have we, what winds of change may affect our lives in the future. There's a lot of uncertainty, is there? What on earth is going to happen in the Ukraine? The cost of living is soaring. Um, What's Boris's next party? No, um, lots of things that we don't, we don't know. But we can be certain of one thing, that God's spirit abides with us. We've talked about oil and wind and fire and breath and water and even doves. And they're all very helpful um, in understanding aspects of the Holy Spirit the way that he's powerful, the way that he's energising, the way that he's, one, in one sense, gentle, and in the other times, quite violent and unpredictable. But the downside of all these things, <coughs> excuse me, is that we forget that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
In John 14, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as a counsellor or an advocate, someone called alongside to be our teacher and comforter, reminding us all of God's teaching. And he promises to be with us through all the changes we may be facing in our lives. Next month, as I'm sure you don't need reminding, our new vicar, Tom G, will, will be installed. It's rather like having a new kitchen put in, isn't it? Uh, well, hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be a lot easier than that. Um, but he will, be play, he will be taken to one of, the, one of these bumper cars and uh, he will be placed, he will be installed. That's the word, really, wording of it, really. <coughs> We're beginning a new chapter in Emmanuel's life and no doubt things are going to change. Some things you maybe think are fantastic. Other things you might think, hmm, not as good as the old days, not so good. Lots of changes are coming. And I know Tom has said um, to us that now he's not going to come and change everything. But there will be change, maybe slowly, but there will be some change. And it's a challenge for us to be, to be flexible, to be people of the Spirit. And we do pray for Tom as he begins his ministry that God indeed will um, be with him and that, that the Holy Spirit, uh, he'll be anointed by the Spirit to give him the, the energy and the wisdom, the discernment, but also too for us that we'll be flexible, open to change, willing to serve. So I wonder what aspects of um, the Holy Spirit have spoken to you. Do you feel a bit like one of those old bones? Do you feel a bit disjointed, lifeless, and you could really do with a real renewal, a real refreshment? Maybe you feel that you've, you want to feel again the, the joy and the, um, the challenge of being a Christian, and you want to hear again God's word coming in a special way. Maybe your worship has got a little bit dry, and there are lots of things perhaps that are not quite as you'd like them to be. Maybe you need to be open a bit more and let God's Holy Spirit mould you and shape you to the person he wants you to be. So are we wanting today, this special Pentecost Sunday, are we wanting to be renewed and refreshed by God's Holy Spirit? in a new and exciting way. After this talk, we're going to sing a couple of songs uh, and a chance to really open ourselves to worship, to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. And later on, after the communion service, uh, sorry, after you've taken communion, there will be op an opportunity to, to go to the side by the pulpit. And if you'd like... Um, to receive the laying on of hands, to receive um, the, the renewal, the, um, the um, re receipt of the Holy Spirit, then please go there. We, we have got some of our prayer team who will pray for you. It may just be a simple prayer, Lord, fill me again, or maybe fill me for the first time with your Holy Spirit. 
So let's, so let's be still. Let us pray. And uh, perhaps the, the band would like to take their positions. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Break me, melt me, mould me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Amen. <clears throat>